Now what? 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 Now you know, so, I love the word intentional. Can't I know you do. Of, can't get enough of it. Can't get Literally. enough of it. Um, Literally. I'm hanging out with my friend Tamar Medford. And I'm hanging out with my friend Lane Kennedy. And we are hanging out with our friend, Elise Bryson. And she's your friend too. And I'm hanging out with my friends. And if you uh if you can't see if you can't see right now, which you can't, because this is a podcast, I've got the cardboard cutouts from friends behind me because you know what friends it is november it is friends giving i am thankful i am in gratitude especially that i get to hang out with my besties lane and tamar so good (laughs) welcome back to the show this is like one of my favorite episodes that we do i look forward to these episodes i know the last one was super Mm -hmm. All the things women don't want to talk about. Oh, I love talking about the things we don't want to talk about. There's right? so many things. There's so many things I could keep talking about that. We're going to keep I, talking. What, but you know what I want to talk about first? It's what, what I want to talk about. What? Is my lips. Your yeah. lips. Mm-hmm. I, got, I would I not, got, I would not be able to tell. Really? I would not. No. Well, you know, if I had sent you a photo of, so I got, I got lip injections. How this can, is I something though. This is something that I have wanted to do for over a decade. Can you send me a I, photo right now, please? I can't because my, <laughs> phone is in the, okay. my phone is in the other room charging. Um, but this is something I had wanted to do. And you got your I, brow done for sure. I can tell. I got, well, I went in for some Botox. Yeah, yeah got went that. went in for some Botox uh, and went to a new place because, you know, I live in a new city now. Yep. So, and I really was liking the experience and you, and you guys, what? the doctor, the doctor doesn't wear a ring and he's kind of cute. So Ooh. more on that later. Okay. He also, <laughs> um, I'll, okay. More on that later. But uh, so anyway, I had a good experience with the Botox. So then I was talking to his, uh, I think she's an assistant. I don't know what her official title is, but she's the one that actually does the injections. So we started talking about my lips and she was like, you have the best, like, upper lip for this, you know, to be plumped uh-huh. because I have a good peak or something. I don't know uh-huh. what, whatever you call that. Uh-huh. So I was like, sold, sold, <laughs> sold. Course. So I went in last week and when I left the doctor's office, I was feeling really good about myself, especially because the doctor came out after I was done. And he said, can I ask you a question? And I wanted to be like, do you want to ask me on a date? Cause my answer is yes. But instead I was like, sure doc, what's up? And he was like, where do you work? Mm. And I was like, you know, uh, because I've recently changed jobs and I'm trying to figure out my new identity. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I kind of paused. Cause I was like, what, why, why is this doctor asking me where I work? Mm. And he was like, listen, I could look it up because it's in your chart, but the reason I want to know is because you have the best health insurance I've ever seen. Mm. And he's like, 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 I would like it to be my health insurance, which is when I decided, well, it can be if we get married. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's a natural deduction of where one goes. So anyway, so I left the doctor's office thinking I was getting married and loving my new lips. But then four hours later, 
my lips had taken over my face. They were ginormous. They were like so huge. And I started icing them. And Jacob came home, my son, who's about to be 26 in two weeks, which that's crazy that I have a 26 year old. Yeah. Uh, how long crazy. was I out? And he was like, why do you have an ice pack on your face? And I was like, no reason. And then I, I took it down and he was like, oh my God, mom, what did you do to your face? <laughs> and I was like, I had my lips done. He's like, you think? So anyway, Lane, they, even though they look like maybe you can't tell today, if like, but last week they were ginormous. And I FaceTime with my sister on Sunday. And the first thing she said to me is what's going on with your face? Mm -hmm. And I said, what are you talking about? And she's like, is your face different? And I was like, nope. Cause you know, my knee jerk reaction, even after being sober for 16 years is always lie. When someone asks you a question, lie, right? Like uh -huh. it just still happens. And uh, so I was like, no, what are you talking about? She's like, are your eyebrows higher? And I was like, no, no. I mean, a little, let's be honest. They were a little higher, but she was like, no, there's something different about you. And I was like, nope, everything's the same over here. She's like, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, no, no. the lips. So for everyone listening, uh, Tamar just sent me the picture of Elise who post four hours. That's the shot that I'm looking at right now. And it's shocking to me. <laughs> I would be, I'm like, Oh my God. Um, you know, it's the Kardashian kind of look <laughs> yeah. really way out there, but now you don't, it's like, it doesn't even look like you got anything done. Well, and that's exactly what I wanted when they asked me what, but how do you, you go from for? that picture to this? Well, you have to, and that's why? Just that's just a, that's just no pain, no gain lane. We know this. <laughs> <laughs> we know I, I just, this. I'm like, here's the I, thing. Did this it hurt is, like hell? It oh, hurt like no, it didn't because they oh. put the most amazing numbing cream on mm -hmm. my face mm -hmm. that I was kind of like, where else could this cream go? Like mm -hmm. I had questions, mm -hmm. but then, um, so I didn't feel anything. It was like going mm. to the dentist. I didn't feel anything. But then when the numbing cream worn off and the yep. lips got ginormous, yes, very much. They, they very much hurt for several days. Ooh. Um, and the results of this are supposed to last 12 to 18 months, depending on how your body metabolizes the injection. Yep. Um, so, uh, but what I wanted was I love my lips. It's just as, as I have been getting older, I have noticed that my upper lip just seems to be getting a little thinner yep. and my mouth just, I kind of was starting to get like resting bitch face <sighs> and I just wanted, you know, I just wanted a little freshen up. And I, you know, speaking of what women don't want to talk about, I think it's, if you, if you want to do things for yourself to make yourself feel better, I'm all for that. And for me, I did this for me. I didn't do it for anybody else, but now they're a little like, if you touch them, like they're yeah. a little lumpy. So now my new mission is I got to find somebody to make out with. Cause I want to know, does it feel lumpy? If you're kissing me, can you feel the lumps what? that I can feel? So, um, I'm going this to could Vegas. Be fun. This I'm going could be to a lot Vegas of fun. for a week. So like, that's perfect. a perfect place to find, you know, <laughs> I always was really good at finding strangers to make out with before I got sober. No, so I feel like this is a skill that I still have. If I'll just tap, in, tap into that in, inner energy, right? Mm -hmm. okay. I think so. 
Have I you think guys so. missed me? Have you missed me? So missed you. Yes, obviously. Oh my God. Yes. I, I'm just still kind of in shock with these lips though. This picture, I'm going to like go mm -hmm, take it mm -hmm. away. So I'm not looking at are the we, lips. Are we going to have to share that with your listeners? That refocus. Picture? I think we are. I think we are. <laughs> oh no. Before oh, no. after. Oh man. Oh, I have to. I made a before and after video. I did not post it anywhere, but I, I have one. Yes, I have one. Send it I over. Just, I just don't, I don't know my lips. I know this thing about what happens to women's faces as we age and progress mm -hmm. in life, uh, that the upper lip seems to recede into nowhere land. And all of a sudden I look like, uh, the Muppets or like Miss Piggy. Like, Janice, do you remember that. Janice from the Muppets? I don't. Gone she was in the she was in the rock band, the blonde oh, with the yes, lips. Yes, yes. I want to yes. be Janice. I want to yes. be Janice. Mm. But I don't know if I have it in me to do my lips. I just I'd rather get the facelift, honestly, than get my lips done. Well, now that I've got the hots for this doctor, I'm like, what else do I need done? Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, but it's not a matter of need. It's like, what else do I want done? Like, mm -hmm. how do I want, you know, how do I want to bring my best face forward? And um, you know, all three of us are women that first of all, we have, we have a lot of personality, but our personality is part of our livelihood, right? Like yes. in some way, shape or form, we make our living off of our personalities, mm -hmm. not in a celebrity way, but it's just part of who we are. And I don't know if I've ever shared with either one of you, but when I was 26 or 27, before I definitely, before I got sober, I came down with Bell's palsy. Mm. And at the time I actually didn't know what it was. I remember it being referenced once in sex in the city and, and not knowing what it was, but anyway, so I, I had Bell's palsy. One of my eyes would not shut my face looked like I was a stroke victim and it was like that for about a month, maybe going on six weeks. And that was some of the darkest, I'm like, I have, I have always had like depression and suicidal tendencies for as long as I can remember. But that is that, that, that six weeks when my face was like a stroke victim, I couldn't, I could barely talk because I had a lisp. I couldn't drink out of a straw because I had no control over my mouth. Mm -hmm. I had to wear an eye patch because one of my eyelids wouldn't shut. And I was like, what am I going to do? I'm a salesperson. This mm -hmm. is the, this is literally my money maker. Again, yep. not, I don't get paid because of what I look like. I get paid because of how I communicate with people. Yep. And so if that is taken away, just like if, you know, someone, a runner who loses their legs, same thing. I, it was devastating to me. So, um, and now even all these years later, if I get even the slightest twitch in my face, it'll remind me of that six weeks. And I like, I can, I can start to spiral or panic really quickly. Um, but I've, I've, I've been doing Botox for over a decade. I had my cheeks. Over a decade? Mm-hmm. Doesn't yeah. that freak you out? Why would it freak me out? Of the neurotoxins that are in your body. Oh, see that stuff that you know. I don't know that stuff. So no stuff that doesn't bother me. If you, I, things that I don't know, don't bother me. How about that? Oh, See, Elise, I was just looking at your lips like and that. going, I wonder if she's got neurotoxins in there. <laughs> See, no, you weren't. Okay. And wait, let's go back to the kissing lane. Nobody gets out of life alive. We're all going to die. So I've decided I would like to die with full lips. Thank yeah. you very much. And the thin lips. Yeah. And that was a lie on my part. So I'll make an amends to both of you. I just lied there. I did not even know what that was. Okay. I'm just feeling my lips. See, they feel good. I They're have not small lumpy. lips. 
I don't have big lips. So if I think I feel like if I got it done, it you guys would probably go into shock. Like more than I went into shock, Elise, when I saw your picture. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. So speaking of our personalities, working livelihood, I like that twist on this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're all out there in front, bringing something to the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and part of what you're doing now is moving in this new direction. Mm-hmm which I am pro all about, um, facing intentionality. Oh my gosh. And you know what happens when you start adding intentionality into your life with real intention, mm-hmm. you realize how much you don't and how, I mean, yeah. I, I can only speak for myself, but, uh, in going through everything, all the change that I have gone through in the last six months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have realized even as a person in long-term recovery, which does require a lot of intention, right. To work on our recoveries. We've talked about this a million times before, and we'll talk about it a million times again, but being sober is not just about stopping drinking and stopping using drugs, right? right. That's, that's the first thing that has to happen, but that is like a minor detail as to what recovery actually is. And there's a difference between sober and recovery. A hundred percent. hundred percent. People don't and, recognize that though. No. And in the 16 plus years, it's been since I've, I've been drunk, right? I have been in recovery for a lot of that. But there's also been big chunks of just being sober and not yep. b- being a person that moves throughout the world in recovery. So what I've realized is can we can let's identify that. So the, yeah. the listeners, you know, there's some people that are, don't live in long-term recovery, or maybe they are and they don't even recognize that. Yeah. So go ahead and define that for us, Elise. In your in your in words, my words, and then is, I'll do it in mine and Tamar can do it in hers. In my words, being a person in recovery is owning the truth as I perceive it to be being of service to others, uh, being reliant as much as possible on a higher power, which I choose to call God, um, living my moment, uh, living my life one day at a time and, and trying to look at what I contribute to the world versus what I can take out of it. Now I say all of that to be said, I'm still a really selfish person. And I still think of myself most of the time throughout the day, but I think of other people so much more now than I did before I got sober. And that is what makes me recovered or in Mar, recovery. You want to give it a shot tomorrow? What's yeah, your definition? I, well, I second what Elise says, but for me, it's really um, owning everything you do, right? And constantly working to become a better person, right? By being of service to look at you know, my part in everything, because before I was just blame, 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 point the finger. Now I can actually stop, pause and go, hmm, maybe I got the ball rolling somehow. Whereas that would have never happened before. Right. And, and like Elise said, not being so selfish all the time, because I can still dip into that selfish pool <laughs> big time. Right. Um, but yeah, it's always doing the work on myself. It's never stopping. Right. It's, it's knowing that there's always something more to be done because I think too many people go, okay, good. I'm, I'm good. Like I've taken this course I'm cured, but it doesn't end there. No. And I'll just, and I want to hear from you lay next, but I just want to jump in and say, 
because I think we have got on the record before of, of, of being women that have a lot of things that we do to be in long-term recovery, but working the 12 steps has been a piece of that. And newsflash for those of you that have never worked a 12-step program or have only danced around it, but not really worked it, steps 10 and 11 are about reflection on your day and at the beginning of the day and the end of the day to really look at your part on what could you have done better. Not to be perfect, we'll Mm -hmm. never be perfect. Not to weaponize it and make ourselves feel like a piece of shit because guess what? Feeling like a piece of shit is the opposite side of the coin of feeling like you are the shit right? So it's like just a constructive review at the end of each day and the beginning of each day to set yourself right and make sure you're in alignment. Mm-hmm. And, and that's impossible to, to do perfectly consistently every single day. But <laughs> I, I at least do it now compared to not doing it at all before. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's all of that. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think for me, what I've discovered that it's this constant shift of being okay with my personal evolution, right? Like I'm not okay with myself. Like I wake up and I'm uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but in recovery, I have this resource, this inner resource, this, what I choose, you know, as God, the spirit that I am constantly connecting to. So my recovery is really based on um, connecting with that resource every day and being okay with myself. Uh, and being of service is front and center in my life. If I'm just sober, there is no service. I am completely self-centered. It's all about me and nothing else matters. <laughs> I'm looking at how I can get things to work my way or to manipulate someone to get what I want. And I don't have to be drinking, right? Like, no. So recovery is, and I think everybody gets to define their recovery. Mm-hmm. Like we just gave all these words, all these different examples of how we're all living. And I think we're all kind of on this very parallel playing field um, because we are doing the work. We are in the trenches every day with ourselves mm-hmm. because at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's like, I'm going to bed with my head, my thinking mm-hmm. as much as I would love to go to bed with one of you on one side and the other on the other side and snuggle in. <laughs> it's just, you want to snuggle in with these lips. don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I know that when I put my head on the pillow, there's a sense of serenity that I have uh, because I'm very present with myself. Mm-hmm. So that's what my recovery is about. being honest with myself where I'm at and facing that sometimes it's not pretty. Like sometimes, yeah, I'm just like barely hanging on. Mm -hmm. And Elise, I love how you mentioned like the 12 step part of it, because I too, right. 12 step that's been huge, right. That's changed the way I live. I actually have, you know, through basically walking my journey out and my friends who are not you know, alcoholics watching me, there's not one of them that has said, well, that wasn't a good idea. Like most of them have actually said, you know, how do I get what you have? Like everybody should do this kind of stuff. And it is actually available to everybody, but I think that's, what's so powerful about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, is that, you know, other people look at it and they're like, how are you living this lifestyle? Mm -hmm. 
Well, you follow a few steps. Well, and this is one of the most, there's a lot of cliche sayings in, in yeah. church basements, but, <laughs> but the one of only the first step is the one that deals with alcohol, right? The other 11 steps don't have shit to do with alcohol. And yeah. I actually, and, and you actually know her daughter, uh, but my friend, Sarah, her daughter is Annalisa, who's one of the sober curators with us. Mm-hmm. Um, she does the, the sober astrology and lives in Joshua street. Well, her, uh, her mother has actually worked the 12 steps just out of curiosity. She's not an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. She just had alcoholics in her life mm-hmm. and that were exposed to 12 step programs. And yeah. she cared enough about them to read up on it and thought, mm-hmm. huh, this could work for me too. Even yeah. though I can just not like, I just, if you step us, you know, the powerless problem is like, I'm powerless over people, places and things. Right. And, and she's actually worked all 12 steps and said, and said it was one of the most amazing experiences and mm-hmm. eye-opening things in her life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, which I think is so cool. So cool. Um, so yeah. And I think that those of us in recovery, most, I'm not going to say everybody, but we live very intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. When we do the work, we know what we need to do. Just like you get Botox, you're very intentional about why you want to get it done, Mm -hmm. right? We know why we need to do what we do. And we, Mm -hmm. for the most part, do it most days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, like, even though, sure, I knew that there could be some people in my life, like my mom is not going to be thrilled. My dad is not going to be thrilled to know that I had injections put into my face. They also don't enjoy my tattoos, right? They don't want any needles in their daughter's body that don't need to be there, right? Full stop. Uh, but I, I no longer do things because I, I care if they're going to make somebody like me or not like me. I do things for me because guess what? As far as I know, I'm just getting this one life and I spent too many years wasting time. And as the, someone who is about to have a son, who's going to be 26 ladies in Mm -hmm. two weeks, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the mother of a 26 year old. And Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you what that does to my mind because I'm like, all I look at now is, you know, we're having a little bit of a failure to launch, uh, successfully out of the nest situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. and it, it didn't help that when he turned 18, he was diagnosed with Crohn's Crohn's, and then he did move out and he lived with a gal for a couple of years. And I was not sad when they broke up to be clear. Um, but, uh, and so then he returned home and then there was a global pandemic. And oh, right. by the way, I have a child who grew up on technology. He's had a cell phone since he was eight. He's been playing video games since he was five, right? So now I have a kid who he's working full time and he thinks that that's just enough. If he pays the few bills that he has and he clocks in his 40 hours, uh, and he, you know, picks up the poop and takes out the recycling, like the, and gets to play his video games. That's as big as he wants his world. And I'm like, no, don't you want more than that? Do you see that as a, a problem? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like who am I to judge how he chooses his life? And it's, I'm in this really weird place because, you know, when I was 26, I had a six-year-old yeah. And I was in active addiction. Yeah. So um, even though I was burning my life to the ground, I was still 
managing a household. And like, one of the things that's frustrating me to me because we're roommates right now is he has a list of things he's responsible for. Well, I don't think I should have to remind him to do those things, nor does mommy want to put a chart chore chart on the refrigerator and give him gold stars. You know, he's fucking 26, excuse my language, but like, I don't need to remind him to take out the recycling, just do it. So um, we're in this weird place. And I actually said to him the other day, and he also like, he uses cannabis on a daily basis. And I mean, he, he, he's a bud tender. That's his livelihood. He loves it. And I don't necessarily see him having consequences from his use that I had from my alcohol and drug use, right? He doesn't have those consequences of burning his life to the ground, but what happens when I think the other problem is that his life is so small, he's not doing anything with it. And we're so, but, but is that for me to say it, this is his life. I can't, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't live his life for him. I can't like, so I have been in this weird place of how do I parent? And, and, you know, for me, it's weird because I got sober when my kid was nine and I, I was definitely a much better mother after getting sober, but I got to tell you, my addiction switched and I became addicted to, with my recovery and addicted with my career. And so I was still an absent mom for a lot of it, a lot of it. And so, but, but, you know, if that, I mean, I think every parent looks back and all you can look at is all the things you wish you would have done better. I mean, you know, Lane, I mean, do you look at things that you wish you would have done better when your kid was five now? Like, have you had those moments? Well, I think about, I wish I hadn't have screamed and yelled and pulled over on the side of the road and put him outside the car and, you know, had that moment. Mm -hmm. But I also am super grateful for that moment because it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that moment was the wake up call. Mm -hmm. So, um, are there moments now I don't, I think the jury is still out. He's only 13. Yeah. I mean, you're you know? still very much in it. And tomorrow so, you're, yeah. you're in, it, in as it as a step mom at this point, like you, like all of a sudden that's what your life is. Right. So you're in it now too. newsflash. <laughs> yes. And it, that's just going to get more but and I more complicated as time I, goes on. I'll also say that I've been, I mean, I've been super intentional about how I've raised this kid. That's true. You have, it. you know, you have it's it. like, there is no tech. We only do certain amounts of things. Uh, you know, I'm super green with what he eats every day, right? Where my best friend, it's like all bets are off macaroni and cheese every night and pizza on the weekends. But I've been super intentional about how I want my son to be in the world. And I know what's going to happen to this generation's brain. And I don't want my son's turning into mush. I just don't yeah. want that. Right. So for me, when I think, when that question comes, like, are you going to be, you know, what'd you say? How'd you ask me? I think I've been intentional. Is there anything that I would change or do differently? I don't think so right now. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, like when I think about his, you know, being neuro neurodivergent, I was like, if I were drinking and using and not present in my life, I would have said no big deal. Yeah. And, and it would have been a disaster in school. Yeah. And I've heard mothers, mothers have come to me and like, been a wreck with their 13 year old that they can't handle or manage because they didn't pay attention to him when he was in fifth grade, you know, kicking, kicking kids and, you know, pulling girls hair. Right. It's so there is something to say 
about being really present with your kid. And people may think, you know, I'm a helicopter mom. Well, okay. That's I'm okay. I'm raising a decent human being who knows how to talk to adults, who knows how to fend for himself, who knows how to make his laundry. I mean, you told me Elise, you know, Jacob started doing his laundry when he was, was 12. Like, when he was yeah. 12. So 12. what did I do? I started, you know, Adrian started doing his laundry at 12. Yeah. I don't, I have not done his laundry since he was 12. I have not. He sets his own alarm clock. If he sleeps through and misses school, that's fucking his problem. Then it's not mine. Yep. So, I mean, I've taken things from, you know, I've read a ton of books. I've taken classes. I've listened to my friends that have more mature kids to let's use mature as air quotes. (laughs) (laughs) But I think there, there has been a bit of intention with raising my kid. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I mean, I, and I love hearing that, but guess what? Your kid's probably going to still need therapy when he's our age, right? Oh, like, cause hands human, down. He's in therapy now, conditions. hands down. Human yeah. condition. Like there's yes. no doing this perfectly. There's no getting no. out alive. Right. Like, so, um, uh, mm-hmm. but I, and, and, but instead of spending too much time looking back at what I would have, could have, should have right nope. now, if I'm choosing to live with my life intention, like what's the most I can bring to today. Yeah. And it that's is. it. Full stop. It's all I've got right now mm-hmm. is today. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything else. I don't have tomorrow. Yesterday's gone. So what can I bring to today? And obviously it was my lips to this conversation. <laughs> Very kissable lips. Yeah. <laughs> the big juicy lips. Uh, so, when so, we think juicy. About, so, you know, intention is something that's very near and dear to my heart because it's very much in alignment with mindfulness, right? Being present. Um, but for a lot of our listeners, perhaps they're just waking up to this idea of being intentional and being mindful. Mm-hmm. So Elise, having this newfound love of intentional living, maybe not love, but this new quest to be more mind- intentional. Um, why don't you share like what this looks like for you? Well, wow. Yeah, it is. Um, I in... Uh, the middle of July of 2022, after spending uh, the global pandemic working for a large TV station and being in a meeting career, my career has been in media for 25 years, my entire adult life, basically. I uh, walked away from all of it to go and work with a longtime friend who's also in long-term recovery to help him build out curriculum that will be used both for people that are on a personal journey to add more intentionality into their life, but there's also a secondary program that's being built out more for uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, corporations that want to have more intentionality in their business. And, uh, and the way that that shows up is instead of people uh, throwing a bunch of money at marketing and advertising, which to be clear is how I've made my livelihood for the last 25 years. Instead, it's how do we help these business owners go through and listen to what their clients, partners, customers really want, and then make sure they're providing the services that they're their customers really want versus what they think their customers want. So I am living this intentionality 
in two different ways and trying to build out these curriculums and we've got a podcast coming and we've got live events. But how does this, how does this relate to you, Elise? But how does it relate to me is- Yeah, bring it back to you. To bring it back to me is in order for me to be able to show up and build this thing, Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to walk the talk, Mm -hmm. right? So how does it, how does it differ though from, so Elise in July. So let's go back to Elise in July. And when you would call me before, before my lips, before the lips, before the lips. Yeah. I believe we did multiple FaceTimes. There was Uh a lot of FaceTimes. I mean, you two were the first people, people I called when I had the opportunity to take this job. You, you were my, we got to get on the phone right now. And I think I'm going to do this, but make sure I'm not crazy. Right. Yeah. It is wild. Right. Mm -hmm. I, um, I actually have made a list of exactly what I'm trying to accomplish in my life. Uh I've created a vision statement that has become my true North. Mm -hmm. Um, I start every day by looking exactly at what I am accomplishing today. And then I end every day looking at what then, what did I say I was going to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And then what did my actions actually accomplish? Mm -hmm. And this is going to come as a surprise to you ladies, but I don't always get everything done that I start out my day to get done. So then I take an honest look at what got in my way. And sometimes it's my dog had diarrhea and I had to spend all morning cleaning up my carpet. Right. And other times it's, I had diarrhea of the mouth with somebody and spent two hours talking about a Netflix show instead of doing what I should do. Like it's all over the place, but because I'm intentionally looking at it and I have to tell you, life gets different when you make it black and white, when you write it down. And I'm not somebody who's ever kept a journal. I'm shitty at journals. I've never had a diary. The the best thing I have is a photo diary with my Instagram account. Mm. And I can say that with true honesty, because uh, I was on the platform when it first got started and I easily have over 10,000 pictures posted. Right. So Mm. one could argue that that is my virtual diary, but, um, but it is just a, a visual glimpse. I really started thinking about like the content and my feelings and emotions and what happens behind all of that. So anyway, I'm off on all kinds of tan- tangents, but the Elise today compared to the Elise in, in July, super uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, because I'm having to honestly look at myself constructively every day and not just like, how am I showing up as a friend and a daughter and a sister and a mother and a sponsor and a sponsee mm-hmm. and uh, an employee and all those things is, but how am I showing up to who I say I want to be and aligning myself with who I say I want to be five years from now, 10 years from now. I've never done that because quite honestly, I took this whole one day at a time thing as a scapegoat. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't need to save for a rainy day. I can spend it all today. I'm going to live to the fullest. I'm going to eat the whole box of cookies and start that diet tomorrow. I can't do that anymore if I'm if I'm judging everything I do today by what I say I really want. Because what I found is what I say I really want, but what I was actually doing, they were two different two things. Different things. And this is as a person in long-term recovery who has done a lot of work on herself. And I realized, and you know what it made me think of the other day, Lane, actually is a a conversation that we had earlier this year is, ooh, you told me, you warned me that 16, 17 year in mark in recovery, it's hard. 
it's hard. There are certain periods of time in recovery where you're in growth mode. And guess what? When you're in growth mode, if you're doing it right, it is uncomfortable. There are lots of tears. You are second guessing yourself. You are making mistakes at full speed and you have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. I was just reflecting on that conversation and I was re- reflecting like when I turned 16, 17, that's kind of when my mindfulness journey started to happen when I kind of had to dig in because you know, the 12 steps are great. Reco- like great. Fantastic. Yeah. Right. Big fan, big fan, big fan of it. But there, there comes a point that it, it's, you have to go beyond that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the cool yeah. thing is that if you are in 12 step and you do read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, there is quite a bit of uh, black on the white that says that you have to, this is like the beginning part, just the 12 steps, the 164. So with that permission, I was able to give myself, um, like all these, I I was able to go down all these different paths to investigate, you know, how do I become more mindful? Do I want to meditate? Do I want to be intentional? Do I want to be, go down the Buddhist path? Do I want to do that? Like I had to go beyond just the 12 mm-hmm. steps and the 12 steps. I mean, I, I work them. I live them. They're part of my being. Right. But there is something about investigating intentionality, mindfulness, meditation, Buddhism, Christianity. Um, I mean, there's so many different paths that you could take to refine one's self, refines one's life. And I think that's what you're doing right now, Elise, is that you're, you're evolving. You're in that process of evolving that I was talking about earlier. I think it's fucking fantastic. Just saying. Well, I'm glad somebody thinks so. Cause it's just really uncomfortable. It's it, but it is uncomfortable. It'll be uncomfortable. And then all of a sudden it'll open up. You'll be like, this is my life. Can mm-hmm. you believe it? You'll look back and go like, oh my God, I've done all this mm-hmm. in just this amount of time, right? Well, It'll be and, a short amount of time. And here's, here's the big thing. The ahas that I've had in literally the last couple of weeks is, and we've talked before about like getting in our own way and what that looks like. But right now I have every opportunity at my disposal to create the future that I want and to be wildly successful to a place beyond my wildest dreams. Yep. Am I going to, am I going to go for it? That's up to you. Right. And so it's like, it's all on you. And what am I afraid of failing? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, or do I want to level up? And then, and then, and then it's like, well, what happens if I'm that successful? And it's like, and instead of like in the past, quite honestly, that would paralyze me because the old Mm. tapes will come in. You don't deserve this. You won't do this. You're not that smart. You're not that this, all those things. Or I could be like, those tapes don't serve me anymore. They just don't. And I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. And there's something about going for it and failing failing fast and getting back up and doing something else. Right. Yep, yep. But you'll know, you'll know yep. much quicker. Sorry, Tamar. No, that's okay. Because I was going to say, I used to think I had this fear of failure. It was a fear of success. Uh-huh. What happens if this happens? Like, uh, yeah, that when I broke it down and I started being more intentional, I realized it wasn't necessarily the fear of failure because I've, I've failed forward my whole entire life, Mm -hmm. but it was that fear of success. And I've, I believe over the last few years, I've been very intentional. I'm a list person. Like 
I have my personal list, my business list, and my mindfulness list, right? And every day I do the top things off that list. That's a great exercise. It's a great yeah. tool. List. Mm-hmm. list, list. I've been making lists and keeping a diary uh, since I was 18 years old. Uh, my husband thinks I'm crazy because I have like boxes up in the attic of like my life. Are those boxes next to the books yes. in the attic that you still owe me, by the way? Just putting that out there. <laughs> I'll pick it up next week. Thank you. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. No problem. I'm going to fly down specifically to go specifically grab a cup for of coffee. This book. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm all about lists and books and diaries. Please. <laughs> oh man. It's so good. Uh, so intentional living, where does she start? Where does our listener start with this? I think you got to just start with where you're at and start with what you feel like the next indicated thing is for you. Is it listening to a podcast on intentionality? Mm. Maybe, maybe it's just listening to this podcast and yeah. telling, sharing it with some friends. Hint, yes. hint. Is it reading a book? <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it, is it just adding some intentionality into your day with something that you've wanted to do for a while, but you just haven't done it? Is it making, is it figuring out a vision statement for your life? I mean, that never occurred to me that I needed a, a vision statement or a mission statement for my life. But guess what? A couple of years ago, when I sat down to figure out what the sober curator was going to be, yep. what was the first thing I started with? A mission, a mission statement, statement, a vision statement. Yep. So why wouldn't I do that for my own life? So I did. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and now it's like, if it doesn't align with that vision statement, yep. I'm not going to spend any time doing it. Right. It's not. Why would I, I don't have, I don't have time to waste. You know, my dad who it's today's my dad's birthday. So a uh, reminder, I got to call my dad. Yes. Don't but forget my dad, uh, uh, a while back. So my dad, at some point, my dad is a golfer. He loves like it is. If he can be on the course, uh, golfing, he is happy and he is retired, but we also live in the Pacific Northwest, which means the weather is not always at our advantage for him to be on a golf course. 365 days out of the year. And, um, uh, and so he, uh, every weekend he, if he was able to get onto a golf course, he would call that a good marble weekend. And I was like, what do you mean by, by a good marble weekend? And he was like, well, at least like not to be dark, but like, there's only so many more weekends left in my life. Right. He's he's 75 today. So There is, he has a finite amount of weekends left in his life. Now, granted, we always have that because we never know when it's going to be our time, but you know, at best, my dad is going to have what another 10 to 15 years of weekends. So he looks at that and he's a mathematician. So when you think about, you know, you got 52 marbles a year, how do you want to spin that marble? And then when you spin that marble, putting it in the jar, I'm a very visual person. So that intentionality about my dad making the best use of his marbles and in his words, before he loses his marbles, like, you know, he said that to me a while back and I've just never forgotten that analogy about using, like spinning your marbles wisely. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's time, right? And and time. here's the thing. So many people are like, well, I'm not ready yet. Well, you know what? If you spend all your time waiting to do something until you're ready, you're never going to get anything done. Because most of the time, if we want to make a big change, we're not ready to do that. We just need to do it. <laughs> we need to be intentional. Yes. 
And here's one other thing. I've learned a lot of things in the last few months as I've really thrown myself into the middle of the intentional mud puddle pretty much full time. I would have told you six months ago that time is our most valuable commodity and I would have honestly believed it. I don't think so anymore. I think the energy we bring to the table at whatever time is actually the most powerful thing we have going for ourselves, right? Because guess what? Last night didn't bring a lot of energy to anything. And I just binge watched the new season of The Crown on Netflix, which was a great use of my time last night, but I didn't actually get any of the things done yesterday that I said I was going to do, right? So that was the energy I would actually argue that we bring to any particular time of the day is what is the most valuable and then it's aligning that energy and sort and 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 channeling it at the to match with the activities that you really want to get done yeah morning for me as soon as i wake up my brain starts to like morning yeah, yeah. i love getting all that stuff done i mean ask lane i'm usually emailing her at you know 5 30 6 o'clock morning people like, you morning people happening? i can't i can't i i would just want to i want to be like morning to me is like when i wake up naturally without an alarm today that was at uh 10 a.m just for the 10 whoa yeah. Yeah, Dude. I, would, I was in bed. I was in bed at probably asleep between 1130 and 12. I mean, I just really like to sleep. I love a t- 10 hour sleep. Oh, wow. I love it. I love it. I love sleep too. But midnight is like the middle of the night <laughs> to me, like the middle. Sorry, morning. Like what time do you go to bed, Elise? I went to bed last night about midnight. Every, every night at a midnight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I, I, it would be really bizarre for me to be in bed before 1130. Really bizarre. Wow. Is that like a different world for you tomorrow? Yeah, it is. I mean, I start to, yeah, no, I, I like to be in bed by nine and I don't go to sleep. Nine necessarily. Yeah, I nine's like granny. Come on. Come okay. on. Grandma. Listen, listen up though. <laughs> I don't go to sleep necessarily at nine, but I like to read. I like to shut it down because I like a good hour, yeah. hour and a half before I actually shut my eyes without screen time, without all that kind of stuff. So that's why I go to bed early because, well, if I'm up and about, I'm going to be either sitting behind my computer wanting to do some work stuff. Mm-hmm right? Watching TV. So that's why I shut her down at nine. So Elise, what, so proud of it. Do you watch TV? Is that what you're doing until 12? Uh, last night I was most definitely. Um, sometimes it is, I get another burst of creativity and inspiration in the evening. So I might spend that, uh, working on, uh, an art project, whether that's on my laptop or with Mm -hmm. my actual hands. Mm could go either of those ways. Sometimes that's when I write. Yeah. Um, uh, but often, often I don't watch, t- I, I, I would, n- I never turn the TV on in the morning. The TV lives literally not turned on in my house until maybe 8 PM at night. Uh, and I also, now that I no longer work at a TV station, mm-hmm. guess what? I have not watched the news since I, since my last day there, I have not, I not even the weather couldn't even tell you. I have no idea. I'm pretty sure Biden is still president. Well, okay. I know that. And I did vote, but like, I'm not watching the news. I just was like, I needed a break from the news, but I don't turn on the TV at all. It's not like in the background. So when, when the TV it's on, it's because I intentionally want to be, um, 
I want to escape in a story. Mm. That that's that's how I look at TV is when I want to escape in a story. I can't have it on and also be working. No, no way, no way. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I'm very intentional about not watching the news either. Because, you know, not that I'm trying to be ignorant or anything, but I know how hearing all the doom and gloom is going to play with my headspace. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be thinking that. I mean, we just we know this is happening. I would rather be surrounded by people who are doing something, trying to be of service, changing the world, right, where I can make an impact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 <sighs> and, and going to bed at nine. I own that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that's. That's... What Lane? What time do you go to bed? Uh, I'm upstairs by ten and asleep by ten fifteen. Ten ten. I have a window. If I'm not in it, doomed. Ten ten. Ten ten. Ten ten is my. If I had it my way, I would be probably up at maybe nine thirty upstairs reading. Yeah, but I always get involved in some Netflix shenanigans and. Then I'm, then I'm, okay. Uh, as the single gal on this call, yeah, or on this Zoom, on this podcast, you're just you're reading. You guys are going to bed at nine, and you're reading, Re- <laughs> reading. Really, that's what I have to look forward to if I ever get into a relationship. Is going to bed to read. I, you know what? It's my favorite thing. I love it. I love well, when, it. When, I love when does it. when does the other in bedroom activities happen? In the morning, in the evening. Yes mornings mornings yes mornings and evenings switch it up yes weekends it's different it's not always reading i mean (laughs) it's reading it's another code word hey do you want to go to bed you want to go to read read? is that the code word code word reading nerds makes me sound studious and you just might be studying other things. Well, you know, with these new, I have to ask, because with these new lips, I'm sure that the suitors are going to be lining up at my front door any minute now. So that's brilliant. It's like lumpy lips. Can you check if they're lumpy? Lumpy. lumpy I think lips. next next month when you're on the show, I think we need to do a check in and see how many oh, lips yeah. have kissed your lips. Can you keep a little well, tally? I would really I'll, love to I'll know. keep a tally. You know, tally I don't know please. if you guys want in on this text message thing that I've been doing with um, Amy Liz Harrison, one of our other sober curators. Sober curator. Yep. Um, so she is wildly entertained. So I am online dating right now. Yes, I am. And uh, I get intentionally intentionally. And I get a lot of people that want to match with me and um, who are fishermen. I, I take, well, a lot of, a lot of men holding fish, a lot of men holding fish. In fact, yesterday, one of my suitors was like, what do you look for when swiping right on someone? I was like, well, if there's no pictures of him holding a fish or with his cat, that's usually a good sign. Oh God, a cat? That, is that how low my bar has gotten? But so anyway, I've been sending Amy text pictures of the profiles of the men that have been uh-huh. Uh-huh. trying to pursue me and if you uh-huh. would like in on this text message chain it is wildly entertaining the list of my suitors and what i really would love to do is make an instagram reel of yeah. all of the profiles but you i could. think that people might think that i'm making fun of the men that are trying to match with me and to be clear i would be yeah. um <laughs> because i'm like what is it about your profile that makes you think that we're a match Mm-mm. 
Mm -mm. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. Would you rather glow bright pink every time you're attracted to someone or glow bright red everyone every time someone annoys you? Oh, pink, 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 (laughs) pink, 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 pink all the way. Pink, pink, pink. Yeah, that's that's an easy one. I think of that as being of service too, because if people ask, like, "Hey, you know," and you're being honest, uh, mm-hmm. why are you going pink right now? If yeah. you had the courage to just say, "I'm attracted to you," I mean, how good yeah. is that going to make them feel? Win, yeah. win. I would win. be pink. I would be pink if I was around you too. Yeah. Would you rather go without deodorant the day you meet your celebrity crush, or run into them when you just rolled out of bed? bed. I'm yeah. Cause I'm pretty, bed. I'm pretty charming. Even in the morning, I'm charming. I wake up and it's like that charm comes on. I don't, I don't really think I get that smelly without deodorant. So I, I'm fine without the deodorant. I don't think that really matters. Yeah. I don't think just uh, Jason would mind if I didn't have deodorant on. Oh, Jason think. Bateman. <laughs> I think it would be okay. You guys think um, I'm smelly. Guess who I DM'd last night. Oh God. Who? Who? Matthew Perry. You did not. I did. I I invited him to our Zoom call tomorrow where we're going to talk about his book. I just thought, you know, it'd be rude to not invite him. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he might be busy and it was kind of last minute, but um, at least I extended the invitation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let him know that we're doing it. I think that's cool. Yeah. At least it was was a good read. It was a good read. Well, it was so fun hanging out with you both today. Thanks for um, hanging out with us. I missed you. Yeah. Just I have to month. say, I, uh, uh, I was coming back from Canada yeah, and I listened. What happened? <laughs> Are you there? What just happened? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> Is she gone? I think she's gone. Intentionally <laughs> disconnected from us. <laughs> she listened. And that's it. I think she was listening to the pod, the previous oh, one we did, maybe. Yeah. What women don't want to talk about. Yep. Yep. And she loved it. I'm sure. <laughs> She's like, I'm out. I'm out. Bye everyone. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow. Intentional Lame. living. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. It is a good thing. And Elise is a good thing. <laughs> Elise is a good thing. Elise is very intentional about making it back on this call. There. Sorry, Elise. I'm unstable. I'm unstable. <laughs> My, well, I, we why, know that. We still I know, love but you, you know, too. But that, what a weird choice of words. You yeah. are unstable. Do you guys get that alert sometimes on your internet? Unstable. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be told I'm unstable. Like I have an, I have an awareness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I love choice. you too. Love you. Uh, we'll be over on the sober curator. We're we're doing uh, the friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. When is That's this episode right. going live? The friends uh, friendsgiving will go. I, I'm actually going to get it up real quick. I'm going to flip it hopefully over the weekend and just get it out because you know I want to okay. time it with November Gratitude Month, right? Yeah, November Gratitude. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging out with us. So much fun. So much fun. If you have any questions, make sure you head on over to the nowwhatsociety.com. There's a big orange button. You can ask us questions. We've gotten quite a few questions, so we'd love to get more. 
Uh, We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.